0: Namaskaram, uh, Srikavadji. Namaskaram, Sadhguru. Namaskaram. Omay, I would like to pay my regards and thanks to you for accepting our request for no, no, coming I, together. It's, it's on my this privilege. Very important, it's a for, uh, this very important subject to have discussed, uh, discussions over the, in very special time. The time is special because the entire world is going through uh, the, the, the greatest pandemic of this sanctuary and uh, everybody is suffering, everybody is worried, everybody is dis- uh, stressed. So at this point of time, you have, re- you have accepted our request to enlighten us for not only for the, this uh, pandemic situation, how the, this is going to impact the humanity, how it is going to impact our nation, or uh, but also to discuss on uh, the subject, like the, the most important and critical subject like water, I'm really, really very thankful. And uh, you are leading us, uh, leading all of us in the entire nation. You are enlightening us a new path by, by creating it, uh, the, the, the awareness among the people. And as honorable Prime Minister always say, that uh, if uh, uh, any biggest of the big challenge, it becomes people's movement, then it can be addressed easily. And uh, you have, uh, Sadhguru, really, uh, you have done, uh, turned into a reality during Rally for Rivers and during the Kaveri Kaling. You are able to mobilize masses in an unprecedented way. We have so many requests to uh, make people like save water, to save, don't use plastic. And a list can go on, it's, it's a long list. I would like to ask you if there is one thing which people can change in their individual life which help our environment in a big way, what would that one request be?
1: See, when we say people... uh, people are living in different types of conditions, large mass of people are living in rural India. For them, the best thing is minimum ten percent of their land, they must make it into trees, that's a must. Without that, they can't save their soil. Without keeping the soil rich, you can't preserve water, as you yourself have uh, done in your presentations. The greatest reservoir on the planet is soil. When we say soil, it is only that uh, thirty-nine inches of topsoil which is very, very important for us. Down below also there is water, but this is the most important. If we want to keep the biodiversity of the soil and everything rich, entire life process from worms to insects to human beings, we all are surviving because of this topsoil. So uh, that is a prescription for the rural masses that at least ten percent of their land must become trees. But for the urban people, uh, see there are many issues of plastics, this, that, I feel with small policy changes those things can be fixed, I don't see that as a major challenge. The important thing is lack of awareness about what needs to be done in the country or in the world or what are our real challenges. So in terms of… Uh, for example, many people are running campaigns about water, water has become an b- important issue only because the shortages came to the city. But the shortage has been there in the village forever. With one tap, thousand people are trying to catch water from one tap and the ugliness that happens, the social situations that happen there. So the most important thing is that we need to see how what we consume is minimized and what we waste is also minimized or how recycling things can happen. So this, what can each individual do? See, if each individual acts, well, it is a good act as an awareness, but what is needed is a systemic act. Right now, in India, the way the cities have grown over a period of time, It is… it is just grown with time, haphazardly most of the time, a few parts may be planned, rest of it has grown over centuries, so it is not really planned. So one important thing is, every citizen in the country, particularly urban citizens, must be willing to pay for their waste, that the waste that is going out, the sewage that you let out, that needs to be treated. But right now, the problem is of resources and things like that, so everybody should become willing that what i throw is also my responsibility you are paying for electricity maybe you are paying for water most towns they are not paying for water but nobody is paying for the sewage that they let out into the uh, into the you know the city municipality or whatever whatever there has to be a price for that responsible citizens must understand that ecology is not a tomorrow's problem it's to- today's problem It is not next generation which is going to suffer, it is you and me who is going to suffer. We are already suffering in many ways. Right now you see this pandemic itself, how it is panning out. It is only in cities, one thing is the density of the population. But I feel it is also the immunity systems in the city is not at the same level as it is in the villages. Because so many migrants have gone from the villages, they are not so sick. But people who are living in the cities are sick. Simply because their immune systems are also lower, there is substantial scientific evidence to show that if you live in a polluted place, your immune... immune system will be lower than what it should be if you were in nature. So considering all this, whatever we are throwing out in the form of sewage, in the form of waste, whether it's plastic waste, organic waste, or even pollution, let's say we... everybody must count how many hours in a month am I starting my car? So what is it that is going out, what is the price for that? If we think like this and become a conscious society, then solutions are many. Because there is no one magic wand solution, they, for every aspect there is a different solution. But the fundamental thing is, those who can afford, the urban population I consider can afford, they must become first conscious and they must understand for every little thing, a piece of paper that you throw outside, you rev your car or motorcycle. For everything, there is a price, ecological price. If they understand that and become conscious, I think that is the greatest thing they can do right now.
0: I think that... that... that where the consciousness is the most important thing in which uh, they're bringing the consciousness among the people or cultivating the sense of consciousness, that is the critical factor, Sadhguru. Thank you very much, Sadhguru. Today is World Environment Day. Sadhguru, yes. An entire <laughs> world is celebrating Environment Day, though I don't... I, th- I, I believe that... Uh, Every day has to be environment day, every day we have to… we will have to start praying and thanking the environment and the ecological system. But Sadhguru, how can we go beyond expressions of concern and hope, which is going on in the world, whether it is Paris or not Paris? What concrete actions can be taken and a common man, what can… what he can do for saving the environment?
1: See, the damage to the environment is on many different levels. Well, generally we think uh, the automobile and industrial pollution in terms of air pollution and water pollution. See, when it comes to water pollution, it's very easy to fix, which uh, we have made it as a part of the Rally for Rivers uh, policy, which has been, uh, you know, taken by the government. Central government has recommended this as official policy for all the twenty-eight states. The simple thing is right now, whatever polluting industries are there, We are asking them to purify their sewage. They only purify it on the inspection day, rest of the days they switch it off. I mean that's how economy works, all right, because there is a cost to it. So the most important thing is we must set up sewage treatment industry. Treatment industry must be separate from the polluting industries. If you have a polluting industry and I have a treatment industry and your pollution is my business. I will not let you let it out into the river. So they must be separate in every other country, that's how it is. So we need to do that immediately. Industrial pollution we can easily control because it's easy to pipe it to one place and treat it. Now, as I mentioned earlier, because domestic uh, pollution or sewage is going into the rivers or into the ocean in thousand different places, it's… in one city at least hundred to five hundred outlets are there which are going into the river. Now, to gather all this in one place is a challenge because this means a whole revamping of the drainage system in the city, which is not possible. You have to dig up the roads, maybe you will have to dig up some buildings. I mean, it will create a whole havoc. So, that is more of a challenge. For this, there are now technology solutions where for each house, you can fix a small sewage treatment plant, which doesn't cost too much. Initially, there is a cost. If they are not willing to fix, we can ask some private agencies to fix it and charge them for the treatment. So, before the water comes into the public sewage, it is already fifty percent to seventy percent treated. So, that water is safe. And another thing is, around every city there is a need for vegetable and fruit cultivation. This fifty to seventy percent treated water from domestic sewage can very easily be used for vegetable cultivation and fruit cultivation around the city which will be immense organic vegetable and fruit, uh, you know, uh, stocks available for the citizens in that city. So people must understand this, that this will come back to them in the form of nourishment, this will come back to them in the form of uh, more healthy food. So farmers should be given this uh, water free. This is not very difficult to organize, it's possible to do it. But I feel unless we arrange private agencies to make money out of this, that they must be able to make money so that the uh, service can be largely uh, uh, free for common citizens. Common citizens can have service free, but they make money by providing this water. What you think is dirty water is actually nutritious water for the plants. Fortunately, nature is made like this. What is our waste is somebody else's food. So, that way we should recycle. But industrial waste, it is best that treatment industry comes up in parallel and treats it. So, in terms of what citizens can do is right now, if you want to put a new sewage line, uh, everybody needs it but there will be ten people protesting against it because, uh, you know, it is going through their house or something has to be dug up, Uh, some inconvenience is there for them, they are not willing to go through that. So, the laws have to be little more tighter when it comes to public utility, when it comes to the general well-being of the city or the town, there must be little more quicker, uh, you know execution of these things, because I have seen many times they dig up the sewage and then the local residents are protesting and it's dug up and stays there for six months, eight months, just like that, because uh, somebody says uh, this cannot be fixed, there is some problem for them. So these things are simple things but these municipal laws and all written, most of the laws we've been looking at it, why it is so, many laws were written in 1900s and they're still going on. When nobody... (laughs) I was trying to be fair (laughs) So, those laws were written at a time when they had no idea how a city will grow and how it is grown today. So, this revamping of these municipal laws and these pollution treatment uh, methodologies, especially only if you make filth into wealth will we be able to do this effectively. Right now, Uh, Anything that is concerned with sewage means, unfortunately, still there is an idea it is something to be handled by uh, untouchable people. No, this must become wealth. I know somebody in United States, he has a company and he has uh, kind of uh, acquired twenty-two percent of human excreta in United States that is produced in many cities. It's big wealth. Okay. So we must understand filth is wealth if you handle it rightly.
0: Yeah, th- th- thank you very much uh, Sadhguru. I think this uh, legions thinks in similar fashion and similar way and they always uh, remain on the same page. And Prime Minister also says uh, very often that uh, we have to convert waste into wealth and simultaneously we have to start working for peri-urban agriculture to utilize the water which is being created after the created as soon as after a decade treatment in the uh, farms or fields for uh, cultivation of fruits and vegetables to meet the needs of that particular city. Uh, Sadhguru, you have worked a lot uh, for uh, you uh, for the rivers in the uh, country and especially you have taken a call for Cauvery and uh, to rejuvenate it in the similar position which it earlier used to be. So, how that this exactly this program is going on? How this pandemic situation have created impacted that program? Uh, how much impact that is, uh, this pandemic has created, and our preparations and working on that? How the governments are supporting and getting the support of various government like Karnataka and uh, and Tamil Nadu. Government.
1: Well, in Karnataka, they have uh, increased the. Uh, the subsidy for the tree, individual tree from hundred rupees to hundred and twenty-five rupees, another five rupees for facilitation of that. So, it is working very well. Right now, uh, in Karnataka, they are uh, uh, growing about fifteen varieties of timber trees for us. About seventy lakh trees will be planted in this monsoon season in Karnataka. About forty lakh trees will be planted… Uh, planted in Tamil, Tamil Nadu. Karnataka, the... Uh, for the relationship between agriculture and forest policies is very good. We've been working with the government and uh, the government has been very responsive. In Tamil Nadu, the agriculture is of a different nature. It is largely rice and, uh, you know, uh, sugarcane kind of farmers. It is a little more difficult for them to change because in Tamil Nadu, the Kaveri is largely flowing in plains. So the nature of farming that happens around a river that flows in plains and the river that flows in slightly hilly region is very different. So, we are first focusing on Karnataka because that is vital for Kaveri, uh, And uh, Tamil Nadu is also happening, about 40 lakh trees we are putting this... Is, this year. In terms of uh, growing saplings and, and uh, preparation, there is no problem. Because of the pandemic, we are going on as usual. In the farm activity also, there is no issue. Only thing is, which has taken a little bit of a hit is that we wanted to create a huge uh, former awareness for the coming years in a big way now. That has been delayed but it's not really a problem as we start planting in monsoon season, at that time we will do. We are not able to gather large mass of people to do these awareness campaigns. That is the only thing which is slowed down but we are doing campaigns on WhatsApp and uh, social media and other things. Today even farmers are all... lot of them have access to social media, so we are campaigning through that. So this year about 1.12 crores of uh, plants will go onto the farmer's land. So people must understand this that... People are always talking about 10 crore trees, 25 crore trees, he planted here, planted there. But they planted on government land, how many of them will survive is always a big question mark, because it depends on weather, it depends on rainfall and various other things. But this 1.12 crore trees are going onto the farmland. Where a farmer is fully taking care of it, it's his economic process. So because of that, almost nearly hundred percent uh, survival will be there. Whatever goes away within a fortnight, we always replace the saplings. So this is a big movement. One crore trees is not small because this involves a certain number of farmers and this will greatly enhance the… In Tamil Nadu, over 70,000 farmers have shown this. There are different modules. One module clearly shows within seven to eight years' time, their income could go up anywhere between three to eight times, depending upon the land. In uh, a mixture of softwood, hardwood, pepper, and a few other fruit trees, everything put together per acre, they're earning anywhere between eight to twelve lakhs per year, which is extraordinary compared to what they're earning. On on average in Tamil Nadu, they're earning forty-five thousand right now. It multiplies many-fold, and as the years go by, it, within about twelve to fifteen years, two to three times the value of the land he's got in his crops, standing crops. And as you know, there is a huge migration problem in the country as we have seen the reverse migration just now. It is expected about 220 million people will migrate in the coming decade. That was before the virus came. That was the estimate. That many people, no city is competent to handle. The only way to keep them in their lands is there must be long-term crops. Right now, they're doing ninety days to hundred-and-twenty day crops, one or two crops fail means the next thing is go to the city. If they have trees on the land in the form of fruit trees, timber trees, whatever, this is standing money there. They will not leave the land and come, there will be enough incentive for the farmer to stay on the farm. This is very important for the future food security of this nation. Similarly,
0: Bihal Sadhguru, the government have taken initiative and Honorable Prime Minister have taken initiatives to bring change in the common man's life, and especially in the rural India, by providing electricity to everybody, by, by providing functional tap household, uh, tap water to everyone, everybody in the country, every household in the country, giving them bank access, giving them toilets, everything. So that way, also, if the quality of life changes and the economic perspectives are there, more liberated life will be there in the villages, and there will be Happy to live in the village, it's totally agreeable. And Sadhguru, how this. How. Yeah, can, can
1: this, I ask you one question, uh, Yeah, please, 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 Sadhguru. Please. The thing is regarding this uh, har, Hargar Jal or what was that?
0: Yeah, Nalsi Jal, Hargar Jal.
1: Okay, Hargar Jal, whatever. I'm sorry, I'm not good at that. <laughs> we have, that is uh, water in every house. Yeah. Is this all going to be done by the government agencies? Or can we involve ourselves in somehow facilitating this in a more ecologically sensitive way?
0: Yes, Sadhguru, very honestly, as this is the water is a state subject as per the constitution, so we need to the execute is or implement it through the states. If a state desires to uh, involve any of the organisation, we don't have any problem. We are just giving them technical assistance if they desire, and simultaneously financial handholding to almost 50, uh, 50% to the uh, other states and uh, 90% to the hilly states and the northeastern states. So they say if a state desires, they can involve any agency or organization to execute in a more economical way, even more, uh, uh, more ecological way rather, I should mm-hmm. say, that is the better term. And if it happens in any, statement, any state, then it is going to give us a good learning example for us. So, I will be so happy if something of this nature can happen in the country. We will see. And Sadhguru, just one more question in connection to earlier uh, enlightenment, what you have given. This pandemic is is, uh, uh, going to shape up our economy and the ecology itself this is what the, the global situation is thinking and as our prime minister is, uh, has announced that we are going to make the, convert this uh, uh, this challenge into an opportunity and i was reading about the earlier pandemic in last century when 1820 the spanish flu but a, the entire world was suffering from and uh, crores of people have lost their life at that time then president of america he stood and he took a and he said that we will convert this as an opportunity and he said that uh, he he is going to launch the policy of America first. And the the, the study says that uh, America uh, emerged as a financial powerhouse throughout the world uh, because of that policy. How do you think that this Atmanirbhar Bharat is going to uh, bring changes and um, going to give strength in the future to to our country?
1: See, it's very important, uh, there is a nuance uh, that I think the Prime Minister put which… which which must be communicated properly. Atmanirbhar should not become like 1970s, throw out foreign companies, do this, do that. Uh, Right now there is a movement building up in the society, ban this, ban that. I don't think we should go that way. It is important that uh, we become a very productive nation and vital things that are needed for this country in terms of our food, in terms of our defense needs and uh, critical industry, all this we should become self-sufficient. At the same time, today is a world where without major interaction with every other nation, you cannot really prosper in this world, nor can you thrive in this world. So, Atmanirbhar should not look like we have closed our doors to other people, this is very important because how it gets translated in other people, you know, whatever he said with certain nuance, how it goes down the line is very important. So, to rearticulate this and continuously make it very clear, Atmanirbhar is not about closing our doors. Atmanirbhar is about the health of the nation, of how we keep this nation. But this is not a closed-door policy. This is an open-door policy. So, uh, it is just that foreign products, foreign investments can come, but we want it to be manufactured and the thing should happen in India rather than happening somewhere else and finished product coming here. The most important thing is, things should come come here and get manufactured rather than manufactured elsewhere and coming here. So essentially, Atmanirbhar does not mean closing our doors, but opening our doors in a much bigger way than we had done so that it is not only the policies are not just about taxation. You know, always it's been about taxation, put two percent more, put uh, five percent less, like this it's been going on. That is not the way we must welcome this. I have also, you know, written something about this and sent it to uh, all the concerned people, that the important thing is right now there is a possibility that uh, a whole lot of nations which have invested in our neighboring countries want to shift For variety of reasons, if not wholly, at least partially, because they don't want to put all their eggs in one basket, they want another basket. We should show India is a safe basket. It is very important that people understand their investments are safe, that in the name of Atmanirbhar, tomorrow we won't nationalize, because this has happened in the past. People have that fear that they will suddenly nationalize the industry, they will do something else. This must be unequivocally stated that in India, if you put one dollar here, your dollar is always safe and it will grow, it will not die, it will not be taken, it is not at risk, there is no social unrest. All these points must be made very, very clear to the world, otherwise Atmanirbhar can become a closed-door policy, which should never happen. I know that is not the intention, but it should not turn out that way in other people's perception. When you... you, when you convert or translate, atma as self-reliance, immediately people think it's closed-door policy. We must find a better English word for atma I have not found one yet <laughs> <laughs> I was
0: supposed to request you to give us a proper word for this.
1: <laughs> and I Arina, can What does the nirbhar exactly mean? Nirbhar is dependent. Self-dependence, oh.
0: Self-dependence. So just hope. I uh, hope you will uh, enlighten us and give us a proper word for this.
1: <laughs> An ing- a good I English will... word is needed because self-reliance is always misunderstood as yeah, closed-door yeah. policy.
0: Yeah. So, Sadhguru, me, jesa mei kaha rata hu, kuch Hindi mein bolna chahta hu. Bhot sare log Hindi baar levis sun rahe honge. Jesa aap kaha, thiik vaise hi maine Pradhan ji sochna hai. Or unhone bar bar aapne bahasen ke madhyam se bhi ham logon ki baatchit mein bhi unhone kaha. कि इसको जो है इसको क्लोज डोर पॉलिसी नहीं समझना चाहिए हम ग्लोबल के लिए लोकल पर काम करें हम भारत में बनाएं अपनी उपयोग के लिए भी बनाएं दुनिया के लिए भी बनाएं और स्पेशली ज़रूर मुझे लगता है कि एग्रीकल्चर में भी हम ट्रैवल डे जर्नी राइट फ्रॉम फूड डिफिशिट नेशन तू फूड सर्कले� hum duniya ke sabse food grain producer hain hum duniya ke dairy ke producer hain hum duniya pulses ke producer oil seed ke producer though we are importing edible oil but still sugar cane sugar cotton we are the richest biggest producer in the world now we are exporting nation and becoming as become as an immense as an agriculture superpower but simultaneously we are blessed with the nature by the nature that paas mein sab temperate are. we have all sorts of temperate regions, and we can grow whatever is edible in the world in our country. So, this is the time when we have agriculture in the past, we have to pay for it. We for it. We have to pay We have to pay for it. We have to pay identify karay, aur uske baad mein pe processing and then ag- uh, cultivation. Is flying par desh ko kaise hum agriculture please enlighten uh, us.
1: Uh, actually, I had given a recommendation uh, to even to the Prime Minister's office regarding this, because from Kanyakumari to Kashmir, the latitudinal spread that we have is so tremendous. And as you said, every kind of uh, weather conditions and soil conditions we have, Literally anything that the world needs, we can grow in this land. Only uh, there were many restrictions among the farmers. Fortunately, now because of the virus, this is also one pitch that I've been continuously doing for the last fifteen years, now because of the virus, it's been relaxed. That is, the farmer can sell his produce wherever he wants. This is very important. See, every industry can sell their product wherever they want. But the farmer has to sell only to a, a controlled market. So now they've relaxed it, not one-hundred percent, but largely they've relaxed it, which is a very positive step. This will be in many ways, uh, I don't think it's still gone across very well to the people, but in many ways it's a small revolution in the agricultural production, because only now investments will come, only now coal storages and other uh, things will come up, because if there is no uh, freedom for the farmer to sell wherever he wants, then there is uh, no possibility of him getting a good price, him preserving it somewhere and then selling it somewhere else, all this is gone. One more thing we need to do is, both for our uh, nutritional thing, because malnutrition is a huge problem in the country, and also for the sake of our soil, thirty percent of our diet should come from the trees. There are many ways to do this. There are various types of tropical vegetables, there are many, many fruits. Tropical land India has maximum variety of fruits. Today if you go to the fruit market, probably in Delhi if you go, you will see, uh, you know, apples from uh, Australia, New Zealand, kiwi and something else, something else from different places, but hardly any Indian fruits, none of the tropical fruits there. In terms of our health and well-being, these tropical fruits fruits are very, very important. Fruit was an important part of our diet to such a point, in ancient times when the travelers came to india they noted indian diet is very rich with fruit and they are saying that is one reason indian people are intellectually very sharp because they are consuming so much fruit such comments have been made in the past in many centuries ago so now If you look at the rural population, there is hardly any fruit consumption because fruit trees are all gone. It's time to bring back at least thirty percent of our diet should come from the trees. One thing is nutrition for ourselves and nutrition for the land. Only if trees are there, there is nourishment for the land. Without organic content continuously falling back into the land, there is no way you can keep the health of the soil. Health of the soil and our health are not different. If you have a weak soil, you have weak human beings. If you have rich soil, you have very strong human beings and life on it. If life has to be strong, if life on this country, in this country has to be strong, we must ensure soil must be strong. Right now, nearly forty-two percent of uh, Tamil Nadu's land has been declared as fallow. What used to be a tremendously fertile land, today is becoming fallow, simply because we are throwing salts. There is no organic content, there's no animal waste, There is no tree waste, so there is no organic content in the land. This is one thing we must fix right now. If we want water to flow in our rivers, if we want water in our ponds and lakes, if we want, as you said, soil to be a great reservoir of water, the important thing is at least thirty to forty percent of the soil should go under shade. We cannot bring back forests, we must make them into food crops. Food crops need not be three months, four months, food crops can be long-term food, uh, food crops in the form of trees. This needs to happen in the country because uh, India's soil is at great risk right now. The desertification process is very high and the water shortages are only a consequence. So farmer's well-being is dependent upon rich soil. If there is rich soil and abundant water, all these farm problems, farm stress… Uh, d- distress that is there suicides that are happening, all this will disappear if only the soil is very rich and there is abundant water. That is only possible if we bring at least forty percent of the land under shade.
0: And that is going to simultaneously, that is going to lead us to nutritional security uh, from the food security. Uh, yes. Now at, at till, until now, we were talking about food security, but now it is time when we have to start talking about uh, and thinking about and planning about nutritional security and this is the way how we can do it. and that. Is going to resolve many of our problems. Thank you, Sadhguru, for enlightening us on this. And Sadhguru, at the last I would like, I would request you, if you wish to tell anything about this uh, on this auspicious day of the environment day, to the to all of us, to the people listening, to you that how we can we have to behave, how to have to start working, and how a common man can again contribute in all these things.
1: See uh Uh, The important thing is this, there is air pollution, there's water pollution, there's water shortages, these are all consequences that we feel. But actually in terms of environment, the most fundamental problem is soil. Soil is the only real problem. If soil is rich, there will be water. If soil is rich and that there is enough vegetation on it, air will be purified. To what extent means, right now some of the scientists have made uh, these calculations, As a part of the World Economic Forum, I am also part of this uh, team for One Trillion Tree, Trillion Tree campaign they've started. What the calculations are saying is the scientific calculations. One trillion trees if you plant, in the last fifty years, all the gas emissions and carbon emissions that have happened in the world, one trillion trees in fifteen years' time, they will absorb everything, some many gigatons of uh, carbon particles which are there one trillion trees can absorb. Now just the Kaveri Basin, we are talking about 2.42 billion trees. If you take up every… it is vital that we take up river uh, basins first because river basins are a system. Rivers are not individual rivers, river is a system. Kaveri has over 120 tributaries, out of which many have died. Now uh, effectively about 55 to 60 tributaries are still very much active. If you do not save the tributaries, you cannot save the river because river is only a confluence of all the tributaries coming in. So, the river basin has to be taken care of. River basin, if you plant at least thirty to forty percent trees, then you have revived the river. It is very important, when I spoke about this in United Nations, they said, Sadhguru, if you can just do this 2.4 billion plantations and show little... Little improvement, just five, ten percent improvement. This will become the world's model, you must do this. But it will take time. Right now our project is twelve-year time. But why should we wait for twelve years to be over? This is not rocket science. This is the way nature was earlier. If we can simultaneously start in all the rivers in India and show in twelve to fifteen years' time all the rivers are flowing at least fifteen to twenty percent higher than what they are today, that will be the greatest thing that we can do. So instead of each individual trying to do their own thing – right now everybody wants to do their own thing – instead of doing things for our satisfaction, it is time that we all pull ourselves into a solution. The time for doing things for personal satisfaction is over. We must find solutions and the solutions are only… The most fundamental solution is in maintaining the richness of the soil. We don't call soil as dirt or something else as others do, we call it our mother. It's called Mother Earth for us, in Tamil we say thai mannu, that means the soil itself is our mother because our mothers were also born born out of this soil and they've gone back to this soil, we are also out of this and we will also go back to this. This one thing we must do as a generation of people, everybody wants to do a little bit of their own thing for personal satisfaction. Instead of that, everybody pooling their energies to revive a few rivers. River, uh, river revitalization or river rejuvenation does not mean digging it… Uh, digging up rivers and showing some water there. This is a total destruction of the riverbed. The important thing is we have to bolster the river basin with substantial vegetation and maybe some minor structures here and there where it's necessary, but largely with vegetation you can put the river back because Indian rivers only four percent are uh, glacial water rest of it is all rainwater. The rainwater that comes in fifty to seventy-five days, we must hold it for three hundred and sixty-five days. That is all we have to do. If you have to hold this, you must make the soil rich. If you have to make the soil rich, there must be enough vegetation and animals on the land. If we do this, you don't have to worry about the air, air gets cleared by itself. Of course, bringing more environmentally friendly machines, factories and cars. That process is anyway going on, but that is subject to technological developments. But this is something we can do right away.
0: Yeah, Sadhguru, there are two movements going simultaneously. Once... One, you have initiated the Kaveri under the name of Kaveri Calling and the other movement which is going on is uh, Mission Ganga, Namami Ganga Mission which is going under the leadership of Honorable Prime Minister to clean and rejuvenate our river. and. Uh, to Aviralta and Nirmalta, both the tags, the continuous flow and the clean river uh, for River Ganges and when when we say about River Ganges means it is uh, entire River Ganga Basin. We have done so many activities uh, right from uh, uh, people's awakening to uh, construction of all effluent treatment plants and sewage treatment plants and planting trees. But I think these two movements simultaneously uh, can create model for... and not only for the country, but also for the world, that how these uh, two activities can revive the rivers and revitalize the rivers.
1: How do you take up this? This can be a model for the entire tropical world. See, the temperate climate, the rivers are different. The models that we have adopted largely in the past... Well, we did it out of whatever... at that time, whatever knowledge we had, fifty years ago. We built dams like the European dams and the American dams, but today over 900 dams in America have been decommissioned because they find it most destructive. But we have not done anything like that here, we are still thinking of building more dams. But that is for a temperate climate. Dams are reasonably okay for temperate climate. In a tropical climate, damming the water and having a large pool of water is a very, very, very negative thing because most of it is just gone. So the way to hold the water, as you… in your very first statement you said, the greatest reservoir in the world is soil. This soil, if it has to be a reservoir, it's important, it is organically rich, otherwise it will become like sand. Organically rich means there must be tree litter and there must be animal waste. Both must be going into the soil continuously, otherwise desertification of the land will happen. The most important responsibility we have as a generation of people is that we don't turn this precious land, one of the most organically rich land. In terms of bio... biodiversity, India's... Indian soil has the maximum amount of biodiversity. This land should not be desert... desertification should be the last thing that happens in this land. We must leave this soil rich. This is most important. And uh, this responsibility is on us as a generation of people.
0: Yes, sir. Thank you, Sadhguru. As in our uh... Uh, we are, our uh, old uh, uh, books and our Rishis and Manishis, they are so told uh, that this, uh, the, the, all the components of the nature, land, water, all the resources, natural resources, we are not the owners of that. We are the custodians. So as a custodian, we have to keep them intact. We have to uh, uh, even uh, get them in better position, better con- condition and transfer it to the next generation. If we do it in that manner, then it is goodness of our humanity. Otherwise it's not good and uh, we are not going to uh, give the the good things to the coming generation. You always speak about this. So I think this is the time when we can change uh, the mindset of the people that we are not the owners, we are not the consumers, we are the custodians. And that is how, as we have already uh, earlier also, you have said and our, our prime minister always says, That this is the way if people become uh, conscious, the common people become conscious and aware, then uh, the transformation can happen easily. And uh, Sadhguru, uh, I would like to, before uh, uh, concluding this session, I would like to thank you for uh, coming together on this platform today and uh, enlightening us on this very auspicious and special day during this uh, uh, this uh, stress situation when everybody is under fear psychosis everybody is uh, uh, feeling uh, afraid and tense because of this pandemic and the situation going on around the world thank you very much for enlightening us uh, Sadhguru, no, thank this you.
1: nation this nation bharat will come out of uh, this situation stronger and better it just takes a few months
0: thank you thank you Sadhguru. Pranam. Namaste. thank you very namaste. much namaste i told you. <laughs>